welcome to the 15th episode of Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Today you'll hear from Dan Davis, founder and CEO of Sturry, about learning how God speaks to you. In every episode, we interview prosperous members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The goal of the show is to encourage and inspire young adult members of the church. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for thanks for being on the podcast. Would you introduce yourself for me? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Dan Davis. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Sturry. It stands for Stories That Stir. Um, but more importantly, I'm a proud father of four kids, nine and under, and married to a beautiful wife, Caroline. That's, um, you know, those things are the most important things and business comes second. But thankfully, business mixes in with a lot of, you know, other really important things with my life and my faith and everything. And, um, and yeah, that, that's me. I, I have been an entrepreneur for many years now. I feel like I'm getting old. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of different things, but this has definitely been my, my favorite business so far. And it's brought a lot of joy to me and it brought a lot of joy to my family. And it's something my family gets to participate in. Um, you know, because we do films, uh, we make films, inspirational films for people. My kids get to be involved in that. They get to meet a lot of the storytellers, um, for the documentaries that we make. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a full circle, um, experience for all of us, but that's really my, my passion right now in life is helping people discover their stories. And I do that, that through film. And, um, like I said, aside from business, you know, I love being a father and, um, love being a husband and and my faith is really important to me as well and and uh it seems to all uh intertwine and and I love that about my life right now. Yeah. So for you I've I've interviewed I've interviewed a few different kinds of people and some people are very much the type to like separate like business family all of that but it sounds like you're kind of more of a like let's like life is good let's bring them all together kind of guy. Would that be yeah. true? I mean, that's, that's, that's true for sure. Like I try to, I try to step away from my business for sure at night mm-hmm. um, so that my kids have my full undivided attention, but they get to go to events. They get to go to premieres that we um, have and showcase our, our films at. And they get to travel with me sometimes when I go shoot uh, films and they get to meet these storytellers. Some of them come to our homes because we've become great friends with them and so yeah, I, I try not to to mix it in terms of it being a distraction and and always working, but I do mix it in the in the sense that my my kids are a part of the lives that um, I have the opportunity to to influence and and to um, you know the storytellers that I interview and stuff, and so it's definitely intertwined. But as far as like I said, family is the most important for me, and so there's times where we just shut it off and we don't even think about story and we just do family things and, um, and come back to it when, when it's appropriate. Yeah, no, that's sweet. Cause I think some people get a little bit, it's hard to find that balance. Right. But for you with that vision of like 
dude, this is for my family, right? This is all about my family. Everything's about my family. Then it's like, this becomes not a distraction, but something that you can leverage to give your kids new experiences and connections and understand the world in a different way. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I think a big part of that is, you know, somebody told me this and there's probably some official quote out there somewhere about this, but essentially it's like, um, you go to work for your family. Um, your family doesn't work for you to go to work or, you know, mm-hmm. start a business or whatever. Like it, it's more important that I, I go to work um, to benefit my family versus, you know, le- making them adapt to everything I'm doing at work. And so that's been really important. I haven't always been that way. It took some really hard, tough lessons over the years, even with after I started Sturry, where I had to, to go, okay, why am I doing this? Is this for me or is this for my family? And let's retool a few things so that my family's still a focus. If you don't mind me asking, what was it that kind of opened your eyes to that a few times? Like what were those experiences like? Yeah, I think a big part of it was I, I had run different businesses for, for years, some uh, for myself and, and uh, CEO or, you know, business director of sorts for other businesses that were owned by other people. And I let my work um, get in the way. And I always found excuses to, um, you know, miss d- certain things that maybe were during the day, like my kids, you know, preschool graduation. Now is preschool graduation, like the biggest moment, you know, in a kid's educational career? No, but for that, for that five-year-old, for that four-year-old that's graduating preschool, that's the biggest deal to them right in that moment. And before, because those things were during the day, I would always be like, well, you know, I can't, I can't make those. And, and that sounds awful and contradictory towards, you know, what I just said about my family's the most important. And it wasn't that I was choosing to not be there for everything. It was just, I, I was choosing work over some things that were important and now I have figured out how to delegate. I've figured out how to, to find people that can take a lot of the load off of my shoulders as a, as a business owner, as a leader, and train them to take over things that allow me to go and, and take care of my health, take care of my family, um, be there for really important events. And so honestly, that shift has just come for me over the last couple of years where I've been in a lot more family things that may conflict with the work schedule typically. And uh, I recently just um, had a big operation a couple of months ago and wasn't sure I was going to be able to attend my um, two boys graduation. One was graduation from preschool um, and then one was graduating from kindergarten. And I got to go to those in the same week and I never done that before um, with my kids and usually just said, mom's got this, she's going to show up and support them. But man, you know, those experiences have just been amazing. And I, and I shouldn't say I've never done that before. I just hadn't done it on a consistent basis. And I just have made that a a priority to be there for as many things as possible. And if I drop a few balls at work, oh, well, you know, I, I was a part of my kid's life in a way that, um, they know that their dad will support them throughout you know, their lives and all the important events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I read somewhere in some self-help book somewhere, right. <laughs> that like in life, we've got a few different fires that we're trying to keep burning, but you can't keep them all going at the same time. Right. So like work, health, like your spiritual life, your family, like 
you can't have it all, right? So you got to kind of choose what what suffers, right? And it's definitely, I think I would agree with you, right? Like it's it's better to let your work suffer than your family, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I and that that is it's a tough lesson to learn because as a business owner, you're always thinking, if I if I'm missing work on a consistent basis, I'm not making money. And um, I used to use that excuse all the time. And at the end of the day, it just meant that I was a really bad delegator. <laughs> and now um, your business, if it's going to be successful and replicable and, and um, you know, a long-term investment, then you have to have other people doing critical functions within your business. And so I realized that if I'm the only one doing sales or I'm the only one doing X, Y, Z, then we're not set up for success. And, and I realized that honestly, through my health journey and, and having my, my life um, really in a, in a tipping point um, with, with uh, so many things that were going on with these rare syndromes that I have. And um, it just it dawned on me that like, look, I'm not even available to work right now. So what have I done to set myself up for success? I, I have to focus on my health out of necessity. And that's when I finally figured out how to delegate because I actually physically couldn't work, you know, as many hours or days as I wanted to a month. And so it was it was out of crisis, really, that forced me to learn how to, to delegate. And that has opened up doors, you know, throughout my health journey and throughout my family's journey to, to be more present in the things that really, truly matter in my life. So do you feel like those like health issues or whatever have been a blessing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it sounds psychotic, psychotic to say that, um, it sounds psychotic because you know, that it has, it has taken so much, um, money and, you know, financial resources to get my health to where it is today. It's taken so much time. Um, and I still have years of healing that still need to happen with that. And so, um, I, the suffering is not done. <laughs> And so when you, when you say, yeah, it's been a blessing for me, absolutely. I've been given opportunities and met people and connected with people and had experiences that I never would have had unless my health was failing. And, you know, I was, I've been at a point in the last two years where my life was hanging in the balance and there's nothing like that uh, to spark your perspective um, out there besides a failing body and failing health. And and so I, I would say I'm grateful for that because I, I tell people all the time, my spirit feels like it's risen to the surface. Um, my faith has risen to the surface. I've seen things that I wouldn't have seen before. And I'm seeing those on a regular basis, seeing miracles, seeing connections, seeing you know spiritual things that I didn't think were available and part of this mortal experience. And I'm seeing that because I think my my eyes have been opened, my spirits at the surface, like I was saying. And uh, so for that, it's a huge blessing because now I get to participate and see things that I never would have seen if I would have just kept going on with my life and um, not had these health issues. Yeah. Wow. It's a, a cool perspective that you have. I think I was thinking like just yesterday about that, like our spirit is different from our body. Right. And our body is a lot of stuff that we've got going on every minute of every day. Right. Our, your brain, your heart, like your whole body is 
what you feel like is real, like it's there, right? And you can't see your spirit. And so it had me thinking like, man, what what does our spirit do? Like, what does it control over our, like our mind and our physical desires and stuff? Like how much of that is just our mind and how much of it is actually our spirit that's an eternal thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely... I have learned how powerful the spirit is. And I, and I think oftentimes we confuse the spirit with the body. And uh, if we don't have a sound understanding of what our spirit is capable of, and we don't test that, we don't try that, we, we don't work towards understanding that, then we just assume that, you know, if we get through a difficult experience, our, our body did that, you know, we push through it, we know how to work hard. I think that's a a common fallacy is people say, well, yeah, I, I worked hard through this experience. Well, no, there was some mental toughness and some spiritual toughness that, you know, was involved in that. And, and so when I say my spirit has risen to the surface, I, I see things differently and I make decisions every single day um, through the spirit versus, you know, logic. And um, oftentimes, not oftentimes, most of the time that has led to more difficult experiences by following the spirit but more rewarding. And um, it's a hundred percent guarantee that those would be more rewarding, but sometimes it's, it's hard to see that in the moment. So it's taken time for me to, to build up that spiritual fortitude and, and the ability to make decisions like that. And it's taken time sometimes for those blessings to pan out and those blessings, I would say <laughs> it's almost a guarantee as well that they're not what you think they're going to be. Um, and where God leads you and, and the blessings that show up for you and the people that show up for you are unexpected. And that's what's even more beautiful is it's according to his plan. And once you just submit to that, you're no longer trying to pull open a flower before it blooms and trying to predict blessings or predict success or trying to make something of it with your mortal mind and body. Um, once you, you allow God to take over from a spiritual standpoint, and let him deliver those blessings to you that he sees fit that would be most beneficial for you because he knows you even better than you know yourself then that's when you actually get to see those things uh, unfold and transpire right in front of you and you're like this is a much better plan than the one that i had originally set out yeah that's been kind of a a theme in my life like the last week or two is like God just knows better, like, and choosing not like what I want or even what I think he wants, but just choosing, dude, like whatever you want, right? Whatever, whatever you want for me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live with it. I'm going to deal with it. And I know that it's going to be better. Right. Um, and so we know where you are now based off of all of this. And that kind of goes back to the, the inspiration stuff we were talking about before we got started, right? You were you're saying like your spirit, you learn to be kind of in tune with God, right? And let your spirit take over and uh, beat beat your body out a little bit, right? Past those limits. So, knowing where you are now, let's talk a little bit about where you have been and how you've how you've gotten here, right? Because it's a process. It's not something that's happened in the last year or two, right? You've been getting here your whole life, so. Like, have you always been a member of the church? Did you serve a mission? Like, what was your, you know, the first like 20 years of your life um, like? 
have you always been an entrepreneur? Like, tell me about that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was really, really blessed to grow up with parents that were faithful, had a really strong foundation, um, helped us build our own foundations, provided experiences um, as kids. I have four brothers and sisters. And so it's, um, it's a, hu- a huge amount of credit needs to go to, to my parents for who I am today because they gave me those experiences. I grew up in a very strict home. You know, they, we had a lot of rules <laughs> and uh, oftentimes I didn't like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was a rebellious child at all. I was a pretty, pretty much a rule follower, but then I started to experience things on my own um, in a positive way and, and started to establish my own, you know, spirituality, establish, you know, my own personality and my own desires and what I felt, you know, meant to do. And, and I started to follow the spirit, I think more consistently and be open to it more instead of just following rules. Um, I don't think blindly is the right word because I did have a testimony of the commandments of things that I should be doing. And it did keep me safe, but it also increased my spirituality. But I think once I started to, uh, once, honestly, once I went, moved away from home, went to college right before my mission, started to understand what it was like to really be on my own, me and God. Um, but my parents weren't there. And then also when I went on my mission and went through some trials with my physical health on my mission, I started to realize that, uh, what I, the foundation I had built wasn't enough. Like I thought it was, and I needed to establish more of my own foundation, not just my, my families and my parents and the gospel, but, but like, what do I truly believe? And how am I going to make this a sure foundation for the rest of my life? And then I started to understand how the spirit communicated with me and it started to get more and more obvious. Um, and, and the more I paid attention to it, how, how does a prompting come to Dan? You know, that was really important for me to, to figure out. And I figured that out, you know, leading up to my mission and on my mission. And I started to get just more consistent with that. And I started to follow those inspirations that I would have and, um, things that would take me in different directions than maybe logic, uh, would take me. And as soon as I started to do that, it's like the Lord gave me more. He showed me more. He gave me more inspiration. Um, you know, one of the people that works here at Sturry calls them downloads. Like once you download one thing and you pay attention to it, then God says, okay, I'm going to give him another thing. And I'm going to give him another thing. And you just get used to it. And you're like, oh, this is how this is how God can communicate to us on a regular basis. And so I learned how to do that, um, you know, in my early, like 19 up to, you know, in my early twenties. And um, then I just got busy with life. And as a result of being busy as an entrepreneur running my business and, or other businesses for other people, I started to lose track or lose sight of some of that daily inspiration. And I, it wasn't as frequent Um, it was, I was still, I was still, you know, obeying the commandments, doing what I I should for the most part, but I wasn't as consistent as I should be with, um, getting daily inspiration. And so if I would say there's a theme to my story, it would be that if you can figure out how to get that daily inspiration and, and just have, I would say, seek out inspiration for every decision in your life and then follow whatever that is, even if it's hard to follow, uh, even if it's more difficult than the logical path, then I think God just gives you more and more and more. And that's what lead it up to 
that's what led up to starting Sturry was a bunch of inspiration that came to me because I had reestablished my connection with God and the spirit. And once I did that, the downloads came pretty quickly. Okay. So walk me through that a little bit. Like, what does that look like for you? That process of getting inspiration regularly. And then what did it look like for starting Sturry? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll kind of answer your second question, which will, will answer the first one. And that sure. is <laughs> at the time I was the CEO of a healthcare company in Arizona. Um, and I was just 30 years old. So on paper, I thought I'm, I'm only 30. This is a great opportunity for me. And you know, <laughs> yeah. this is, this is, uh, this is what I was meant to do. And I've excelled in my career up to this point and erased some of the mistakes I've made with my own business or other people's businesses. And now this is the, the peak of my career. And it didn't end up being that. Um, I didn't end up liking it. Um, our uh, business that I took over was an acquisition from another company. And it was extremely difficult to turn that business around that was losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, I wasn't able to turn it around as fast or as much as I wanted to. And I just wasn't happy. And I was working 60, 70. I think I even had some 80 hour weeks in there. And I was just, I was working constantly. I was missing out on experiences with my family. And that's when I realized I'm not doing what I'm meant to do and I'm not happy. And so I resigned from that position. And as a result of that, I had time. That was the first, first time I had time (laughs) in about, um, I would say eight, 10 years. And I started to actually pay attention to my thoughts. I started to pay attention to, you know, maybe the path that I was on is not the exact path I'm supposed to be on. I need to go find that. And I told my wife when I resigned, I said, I'm going to go figure out what I am meant to do and what I want to do versus just what I could do. Because I'd always done that. I'd always gotten the job that I wanted, um, interviewed really well and found opportunities. There was never a time where I didn't find opportunities, but I wasn't always happy. It didn't mean that I was always finding things that were making me happy and fulfilling me. And this is, this is the basis of my entire discovery was I wasn't living up to my potential. And I'm convinced that there is no worse feeling than waking up in the morning and feeling like you are not living up to your potential. And we all know that feeling. We've all had those times in our life where we're living below our potential. It's not a great place to be. It's a hard place to be. And um, I started to just dedicate all of my time and resources trying to figure out how do I live up to my potential? What am I doing with my career, with my family, with everything that, that levels me up to my potential? And as soon as I started to do that, and I had the time because I was unemployed. So I, when I have speaking engagements, I tell people, if you have the opportunity to be unemployed, take advantage of it. Because that is a time where you get to stop, you get to think, you get to receive the inspiration, receive these downloads from God. And that can be a very special time for you, even though it's very difficult, because you have no money, no income, I had no health insurance, we were living in my my parents' basement, because we had sold our house to move to Arizona, and we moved back home uh, with my parents. And so on the outside, it looked like the most humbling experience. And I tell you, it was, was very humbling. 
but it was also one of the most beneficial time periods of my life, that three or four months where I was unemployed. And as a result of that, I got to spend time on me. Instead of spending time on other people or businesses or other things, I got to spend time on me. And I went to work every day trying to figure out what I was meant to do, how to live up to my potential. And as a result of that, God said, okay, the light switch is turned on for him now. I'm going to start giving him some inspiration. And I tell you what, as soon as I followed one thing, he would lead me to another thing. And I felt like literally the way I describe it is every step I was making was headed towards where God wanted me to go. And when you're in that kind of alignment, you feel on fire. You feel like there's this fire that, that cannot be extinguished any longer. And you figure out what you're meant to do, not just what you're good at. And you start to discover things. You start to meet people. You start to connect with experiences and people that will get you where you need to go. And that kind of alignment is something that I strive every day to, to, to find. Because when I'm in that place, I'm the most happiest, you know, I, I could be. And I'm experiencing, I think, what God wanted us to experience in this mortal journey is to be in alignment with him, do what you're meant to do, live up to your potential. And there's no need for external motivation at that point. I wake up every day knowing I'm, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And that's what happened with starting Sturry is I started to discover that all my experiences as an entrepreneur were leading up to this moment where I was supposed to start Sturry. And I simplified, you know, in this podcast, that experience, but it was hard. Um, but he led me to this business. He led me to the name of the business. He led me to what we were supposed to do. And the first thing that he did was said, you need to go tell people stories. And that was my first big inspiration that had to do with the business before I even had a business name. And um, that came from my experience running a film production company for a director years before that. And so I knew how to, to produce stories, but I didn't know that one of my greatest callings and what would help me live up to my potential would actually be the person that's directing these stories. And that's what I discovered through that process. I just listened to that prompting, go tell this person's story. Went and told that story and the light bulb came on. It was like, God led me right to it and said, take this leap, go spend the money, go spend the budget, go tell this person's story. You're going to discover what you're meant to do. And sure enough, I realized I was a much better film director than I was an operations person in a business or marketing person or sales or whatever. I was just really good at connecting with people. And the inspiration I got was you're, what you're meant to do is spend your time on this mortal journey, connecting with people and doing it through the power of story. And you're going to build an entire business around that. And if you can utilize that skill, that God-given skill and talent and gift, then your business will be successful. And that sounds like a really scary business plan because it was, but in the end, God just kept leading me to these experiences and we kept telling more stories. And that's, that's really how story started is just use like utilizing um, my ability to connect with people and tell their stories. So it started with, with basically one story. Like there was one yep. person that you were like, I need to tell this guy's story, which is yep. kind of cool. That's the thing that stuck out to me in that whole story was like, it was just acting that one time, right? That led to this 
this whole, your life now, right? There's so much that's going on. And so it made me think about my own life. And I'm like, dude, there are a few things where I've been like, man, that would be really interesting, like really impactful for me. Like that's something that I should do. I'm like, ah, but like, I could never like make money on that or anything. And so you weren't doing it thinking, oh, this is a good business idea. It was just, this is like, this is something I feel like I should do right now. And so it made me think, man, when I have that feeling of this is something I should do right now, that's inspiration and we shouldn't doubt it. Like just follow it, even though it might not make sense. It uh, it's from God, right? It's one of those little downloads that's going to lead to more. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly well said. That's exactly what happened. I did one story and by the way, like, so with my background in business and going to business school and stuff, like I, I knew on paper that was a terrible business model. Like just go spend, take some credit cards out and go produce a story. Um, and, and the business will follow. That's what kept happening. Whenever I would seek inspiration from God on the business model, he would say, just keep telling stories. And I'm like, this is like, this does not make sense. And so it doesn't mean that I didn't question it. It doesn't mean that I was just like perfectly obedient to inspiration and just followed the path and never questioned things. I was constantly telling my wife and others like, okay, where is this going? And as soon as I would question it, God would say, keep telling these stories. And sure enough, after a year or two of doing that, the opportunity started to come, but it wasn't easy. It was, we went through hellfire brimstone. I don't know what to call it during that time. We, we had, I mean, just lost a lot of money. Um, we were investing a lot of money. We uh, just had, still had no health insurance for, for the longest time. Um, we didn't have anything that you dream you know, starting a business will provide to you and your family. Like it was absolutely brutal and sometimes still is. We're six years into it and we still have months where we're like, you know, are we doing the right thing? And so I, I want to be clear that it wasn't just blindly following that inspiration and just hoping it'll work out. I had to put the work into it, but I also questioned that path that God was putting me on. But I still, even though I questioned, I still followed it. And that was what was amazing about the experience was it started to lead me to bigger and better things. And the opportunity just started to grow and grow. And I started to catch the vision. I'm like, oh, I get it. And honestly, if Sturry was to close its doors tomorrow, I would be grateful for everything that transpired over the last six years, even though it's been really hard. And that one of the things that I'm the most grateful for that we figured out over the last couple of years is if I wouldn't have started Sturry, I wouldn't have gotten my health diagnosis um, about 18 months ago. And that ultimately saved my life. And it was simply because I followed the inspiration to do a story um, a couple years ago, two and a half years ago. And when I did that, the storyteller that I was telling the story on connected me with the doctor and that doctor gave me my diagnosis. And if I wouldn't have told that person's story, I don't know if I would be here still. So you wonder why I don't question that inspiration. It's because I've seen time and time again, God's like, you think you know what you're doing, but I have a better path. Just follow it. Take the risk, which tons of what I'm talking about is taking risk. Take the risk. And 
I will show you something that's much better than what you can conceive in your own brain, <laughs> in your own mind. And time and time again, that's been true. And the biggest example of that is a film that we created on my story recently that shows that pattern of how I got my diagnosis and eventually my life was saved and preserved because of following inspiration. So I'm not going to forget that throughout my life. I'm going to pay attention to that and and just always pay attention to inspiration because it has led me to where I'm at today, where I still get to be with my family. I still get to be a dad and a husband and still get to run my business as a result of following inspiration. So that's, that's like, I would say one of the most important aspects, elements of my life. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so cool. God has, every time I do these interviews, it's like, man, God really leads people. Like, I don't know how, because we, we make our own choices, right? Like we even choose not to follow inspiration, but he still finds some way to get us from the middle of nowhere to these great places. And I guess maybe it's because I'm interviewing like just incredible people like you, but like, dude, I don't, I don't know how he does it. It's so cool. Um, a, th a thought that I had, a question I had is like your wife in all this, like how has she been able to deal with that incredible amount of risk? You're being unemployed for a little while. You're being kind of unhappy with your CEO position at 30. Like, how was she feeling this whole journey? Yeah, she's somebody that deserves more credit than me. And here's why. Because she had to trust my inspiration. Um, and she had to seek her own inspiration. So she had to learn and grow and go through that experience as well. She had to take every bit of risk that I took. But the reason I feel like she um, deserves more credit is because she wasn't the one going to work every day, seeing the vision and being a part of everything, the moving pieces, so to speak, that were making this, you know, if we were building a car, you know, she, she knew I was going to work to build a car, but she didn't get to put the wheels on or test drive it or, you know, make iterations to it. She just trusted me every single day that I was trusting God. We were trusting each other that the inspiration we received to start Sturry and to, to move forward with that was the right thing to do. And during those valleys, because there were a lot of them um, and there still are, uh, especially with my health as of late, she had to trust in me and trust in God. And, you know, we often talk about this triangle uh, between partners, between spouses of, you know, the partners and then, you know, that going up to God. Like we've seen that connection with God and connection with each other uh, play out to where we are willing to take whatever risk we are inspired to take. And I could not do that if my wife wasn't willing to do that, willing to follow that inspiration. And she's had to just put an incredible amount of trust to God and in me that I'm that we're doing what we should and we're on the right path and we're in alignment. And that's, that's even more risky for somebody that doesn't get to go to work every day on, on the business or, you know, that, that isn't going through the health challenge. She's had to just trust that God's got me and he's carrying me. And when we were worried about my life not being preserved and me not living, um, she had to go to sleep at night, every night, 
wondering if she was going to have a husband in the next year. And so you look at that and you go, what a powerful woman to be able to support your husband as an entrepreneur, but then support him during his darkest moments with his health and trust that God is going to save his life and that the husband is going to be there for her and, and there for the kids. But to, to not be the person that has, or that gets to actually, you know, um, go to work, you know, and that's a hard role to play, but man, my wife, she, she, um, does it with grace. She does it with a lot of trust and inspiration. And she's my, not only biggest cheerleader, but she's my biggest supporter in my darkest moments. And she has never, um, never, not been there to support me through those moments. Wow. All I could think the whole time you're talking right there is about that spiritual strength that we talked about earlier, right? Like she's got that, that spirit that is strong. And that's, I think it's something that we can strengthen too, like faith and the, the power of our spirit and stuff. But like, it's also something that we just kind of choose, right? Who we are. And so you can tell that she has made some very conscious choices to be like, dude, there's so much uncertainty in her life. And there has been, and she's just like, all right, <laughs> going to have faith, right? Cause it would be really easy to choose like, Hey, Dan, actually, I would like it if you got a normal job and it's something just secure and we could get health insurance and you know, not have yep. a bunch of credit card debt, but she's been able to, to deal with that. And I, it makes me think like, man, what is, what is it that makes some people able to choose that and makes it like, and some people don't, do you think it's just our agency? Like we just choose that. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a pattern of following inspiration. It goes back to that. People that follow inspiration and create that pattern, I think are more happy, are more okay with risk, and are more submissive to what God has in store for them and, and are in alignment. And when you combine all of those things, uh, I, I give this this example of a high dive. It's like you you climb all the way up to the highest high dive you can think of. It's taken a lot of work to get up to that platform. And you're like, wow, this is really high. When you look down and you're like, I'm not sure I was trained for this, ready for this. Um, it's going to hurt. Um, and, and then, you know, you even have a blindfold on, you know, it's like there's distraction. Somebody's going to try to push you off the high dive. It's a It feels like a dangerous situation and your instincts, your brain, is trying to protect you saying, okay, go back down the stairs. That's the safest place to go. You can go back to your safe life. You don't have to follow this inspiration. And, and I believe that's the adversary saying, I'm going to attack you because you're about to do something great. And you, once you hit that water, you're going to realize you're, you're in alignment with God, but I'm going to try to get you off that high dive. And I'm going to get you back down to the to solid ground where you feel safe and protected. And going back to my wife and my relationship with her and my relationship with God and her relationship with God, we know that when we get to the edge of that high dive, we are supposed to jump 
and God is inspiring us to jump. And we also know that if we go back down the stairs, back down the ladder, we're going against what God has in store for us. And that risk to us is much greater than jumping. And it's only that way because we've created a life of making decisions on inspiration in times of uncertainty. And we've made a pattern of that. And so we feel comfortable with taking the risks God has for us. We feel comfortable jumping, more comfortable with that now than going back down the ladder, which doesn't seem intuitive, doesn't seem logical, but we feel so confident in our ability to be in alignment in, sorry, we feel so confident in our ability to be in alignment with God if we jump that we don't want to take the risk of not being in alignment with him because the blessings have far outweighed the difficult struggles and the risks that we've taken to jump. So how do you think, like, how do you know when it's God bringing you up there and when a risk is like inspired? So how do you, how do you recognize inspiration and distinguish it from just whatever you want to do or anything. And that's a common question. And that's a, you know, a, a big question that apostles answer all the time, but I think it's a personal one too. Right. So in, in your life specifically, what does that look like? How do you know that something scary is from God? Yeah. I, there's kind of two things I think of it's, it goes back to the pattern. Like if you're, if you're not used to receiving inspiration from God, it's like having a, uh, a cell phone conversation with somebody and having bad reception and it's just in and out and you're not sure what the person's saying. You're not sure if you should hang up. You're not sure if you should um, keep going in the conversation and you're picking up words here and there and it's just discombobulated. And that's how it is. If we don't create a pattern, if you're not used to following the spirit, but even a step back from that, if you haven't figured out how the spirit talks to you, then you're going to be on a, a really fuzzy, you know, uh, interruptive conversation with God all the time. Um, and, and I think that's the critical point. How do we find out, um, how do we figure out how God speaks to us? And when I have the opportunity to speak to youth, that's like one of my main things I talk about with them is you got to figure out how God speaks to you. It's going to be very different. Mine may be a peaceful, confident feeling. Yours might just be peaceful without the confidence. It's just, oh, okay, I feel at ease, um, even though you might not have the confidence. Um, some people might get, you know, a whispering that feels like an audible voice um, for certain decisions they need to make in their life. Some people are like, I don't, I've never had that happen before. Um, some people might have experiences where they pray for something and something shows up on the doorstep and that teaches them, you know, that God's there. Whatever that messaging is between you and God, you got to figure out how he communicates with you. And it's different for every person. Um, but the common theme I've seen in everybody that follows those promptings is God becomes more clear and his inspiration becomes more clear. And you no longer question, is this inspiration or is this not inspiration? I believe we have the opportunity with our spirits to communicate with God on a minute by minute basis and that he cares about every action we take in our lives. Do you have to take a step forward and do hard work? Yeah. 
you do have to do that. And sometimes you're not getting an answer and it's really frustrating. I also believe that we're meant to just make decisions and take action. And then what's beautiful about that, if you're not receiving any inspiration and you take a step forward, God is really good at course correcting. If it's the wrong step, you'll know it. Um, and that's what's beautiful about creating that pattern is pretty soon, instead of these steps that are going off the path and then coming back and off the path and coming back, which I still do. It's not like I'm on this straight, narrow path and never make a step off. He always corrects me and puts me back on the path. And at least, you know, on a consistent basis, I feel like I'm on a path where I'm in alignment with God and whatever we can do to get to that point. Like you, you spend the time, you spend the quiet time understanding how God speaks to you. You pray to him, you read, you listen to inspiration that comes from church leaders. You um, listen to others that have found their path and their connection with God. And pretty soon you're going to figure out how he speaks to you, how to be in alignment. And then you get to wake up every day knowing that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Like I was saying earlier. And I, I think that should be your number one, anybody's number one goal with spirituality, with the gospel, gospel, sorry, with spirituality, with the gospel, with uh, um, direction in your life, figure out that connection, and then you'll, you'll be where you're supposed to be. So is it for you that you said like a peaceful, confident feeling, is that actually what it is for you? How you like communicate with God? Yeah, mine's, mine's through that. Um, Sometimes I don't have the confident feeling that goes with the peace, but I have the peace to get me where I need to go. Um, sometimes my emotions are so overwhelming that I know God's speaking to me. And I know where I'm right, where I'm supposed to be or need to make a decision that's difficult. Uh, emotionally, I feel very connected and um, uh, my eyes start watering, you know, like the whole thing. I, yeah. I'm very like, like it softens me when I have those experiences. Uh, and then other times I have, you know, almost heard a visual or sorry, I've seen a visual or I've heard an audible voice um, that speaks to my mind. And it's not like I'm hearing it with my ears. I'm hearing it with my, my spirit. Um, and, and it, it has been very clear to me. That's not with every decision. I think if God did that, then, you know, that would be more like Satan's plan where he just said, I'm going to make you obey. I'm going to tell you exactly what you should do. I'm going to take agency out of this. But those are the, some of the ways that he speaks uh, to me. And he also has spoken to me through other people. And that's something that I've recognized over the last few years, especially is that a lot of my prayers can be answered through other people. And I just got to open my eyes and, and have my spirit be open to those um, experiences that happen through other people. Yeah. Do you feel like God always has something to say too? Like there's always some inspiration waiting for you? Or do you feel like sometimes there's not? Yeah, I, I feel like that door is always open to him. But I think he also wants us to take a step and have extreme faith. Uh, there have been times for sure where I have not been given that direction or what step I should take. And I've learned to just take action and not be scared of making a mistake. And I, I think that's the problem with all of us is more mortals is we're so afraid of making a mistake and the consequences of that. But I think what we should fear is not taking action and not following inspiration um, more so than, than making mistakes. 
And I think oftentimes in the church, especially, we're scared of making mistakes because we have these quote unquote rules, regulations, commandments, and we're taught to, to be perfect. We're taught to be, you know, temple goers and, and checking off the interview questions to be able to even go to the temple or um, have the priesthood or, you know, you have this list of requirements to be in good standing with God. And so what that does sometimes is we we're so scared of going off the beaten path or making a mistake that we do nothing. We just sit there. And if God, we don't feel like God's speaking to us, we do nothing. But I, I think the beauty in, in the experience we have here is he is not pulling us along, telling us where to go. We get to make our own decisions. We have agency. And like I said, if we go in the wrong direction, that's the beauty of the spirit as well. It, it tells you the course correct. And we have to be open to making mistakes and, and be open to course correct because those course corrections have been some of my greatest blessings and life lessons. And if I didn't just take a step forward, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to learn those things and, and better myself and lead me to a, a greater place. Yeah. God can't, I've, have you heard the quote, like God can't steer a parked car? Mm, I like it's that. that same kind of, uh, it's that same kind of thing, right? If, sometimes you just have to move, even if it's like, you're going to totally be wrong. Even if you feel like you're going to be wrong, no matter what direction you go, you have to like be moving for him to put you back on the right path. Otherwise, like that. you know, it's the leap of faith, right? You got to just do something. So that's cool. Well, I have one, one last question that I always like to ask, which is what advice would you give to young adult members of the church right now? Like think of the people that you know, who are like, you know, college age, young adult, married, unmarried, whatever. And what is the advice that, that you would give? Gosh, that is a loaded question because it, it, it's hard for young adults right now. It's hard for people like myself. I feel like an old guy now. I'm not necessarily in that category <laughs> anymore, but like, it's hard. There is a lot of temptation. There's a lot of people leaving the church. There's a lot of people trying to sway you. There's a lot of people heckling you um, in person and on social media and um, family members are, are leaving the church that you trusted and you've got to make a lot of decisions to stay firm and stand your ground. And so my advice would be figure out how to talk to God, um, figure out how to take action and not be scared of making mistakes and not be scared of, of standing alone. And I think right now uh, there's a temptation to follow the crowd. And I think I would say most young adults and even, you know, people like me that have four kids and, in their late thirties, like we see the temptation and, and we think, yeah, there might be an easier life that's out there. If I leave the church or there might be an easier life. If I, if I don't always have to obey the commandments, but in my personal experience, those are all the things that keep me safe. They keep me grounded. They keep me connected with God. And I am not willing to give that up. I'm not willing to give up my connection with God for an easier path or a path that somebody else is trying to either choose for me, force me to do, or push me to, to, to take, because I'm not willing to break that connection with God. Can you have a connection with God outside of the church? Absolutely. 
Um, but can you receive the eternal blessings that come from living the gospel and staying on the path? No. And I am not willing to give up my connection with God, my ability to be with my family forever for anything. I will never sacrifice that. And so I think it's important to establish that connection with God, establish that, that ground that you stand on that allows you to be in alignment and then don't sacrifice that. It's not worth it. Um, I, I, I think of my kids and I hope this, this vivid experience I'm about to share. Um, I, I had this experience when my health wasn't doing so well, where I thought to myself, am I in good standing with God? I was about to go into a risky surgery, uh, risky surgery where I was having a kidney auto transplant and they were fixing the blood flow to my, my lower extremities. They were fixing the blood flow back to my heart. And it was a very risky uh, procedure to do. And I remember thinking in the hospital, am I in good standing with God? Am I at a point in my life where I would get to be with my kids forever if I died today? And that's when I had this distinct impression that was like, no matter what, throughout the rest of your life, don't sacrifice that. And I pictured my kids and I thought to myself very visually, would I be willing to be separated from my kids forever or through my, you know, from my parents, my family forever? And I was like, there's nothing on this earth that will distract me from that. Um, that is going to be the greatest blessing forever. And I can't even, uh, excuse the emotion. I can't even imagine saying goodbye to my kids or not being a part of their eternal life and them not being with me and me not being with them or my wife. And that kind of inspiration, I call them perspective moments, um, that came to me was like, okay, I'm committed no matter how dark the world gets how difficult the world gets that that's that's my commitment i'm going to live so i'm in good standing with god so i can be with my family forever and uh nothing else matters hey really cool so my my takeaways from this are starting from the end that like that's a really good question to ask yourself because satan's a good liar Right, he can really even convince you sometimes that man, there's better pads out there. Like there's better stuff. You're you're a loser. You're living a a subpar life, right? You got this potential that the church is holding you back, or you know, he's a good liar, basically, right? And so when we're on that precipice of making a, a big decision or making a bad decision, asking that question. Is this worth being separated from my family forever? And like, it, it, it creates a new perspective. Right? It's like, no way I'm going to do that. It's not worth it. I don't care what cool stuff might be waiting for me over there. It's not worth being separated from my family. So that was a big takeaway for me. Second is this the power of our our spirits to dominate our bodies right to have dominion over our lives and we we really do control our lives and so bringing that to the surface like you said i think is a thing that looks different for everyone and also is connected to learning how we get inspiration and the more we can 
focus on that inspiration and stay on that right path and course correct when we need to, the, the further we get down that path and the closer we get to God and the less we're worried about making those big decisions. So really grateful for having you, Dan, and grateful for those stories that you've shared. And I wish I could talk to you for hours, but I think <laughs> we'll, we'll call it there. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and your, your work that you're doing is really important and uh, it's needed right now. So thanks for being a voice. Thanks for listening to Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Find and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.